0: We the ones. <laughs> we the ones they talking about. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Broadway sports media. Choose your Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll
0: you probably piece something together. Outstanding. How, how many makers and cokes have you
1: had? We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We
0: all we got. Hey Titans on three. One two three. Nice. Titans
1: welcome everyone to another episode of the music city audible podcast presented by broadway sports media we're partnered with 440 sports i'm justin graver i'm joined as always by justin Mello. we're coming to you on a pre-taped episode a week in advance as we are out this week so no real news to discuss today we instead we are going to do our preview of the running back position our expectations in 2021 for the titans running backs how you doing today justin
0: I'm doing well. Uh, excited to talk about a group that's maybe not as large as some of the others that we've done uh, the past few weeks. We did the O line recently, which was massive. I think it was 13 guys on that. 17, 17. Yeah. Was it 17? Yeah. Wow, 17. I don't know how you remembered that. I thought it was 13 for some reason. I it tweeted. It. In my that's head, how I remembered. Yeah. 17. I'm not talking about all of them, so I should have I should have remembered. But 17 O linemen. We talked about seven outside linebackers. We did. We went through the DT group, which is. Uh, pretty big as well, so we got we got a smaller group today, and I'm okay with that.
1: You'd be surprised how many guys are on this list. Before we,
0: I know it's I know who's on the list, but it's not quite as big as some of the others that we've
1: done agreed agreed all right but before we talk about running backs let's quickly talk about training camp because it's underway as of wednesday earlier this week training camp started veterans rookies the whole shebang rookies were actually there for a week before the veterans but everyone's at training camp they're practicing 9 30 a.m central time until 11 15 in the morning probably gonna have lots of of training camp press conference interview sound bites out there. You can go check them out all over Twitter. I'm assuming, again, we record this a week in advance. Sunday, August 1st, Titans are off, but then they're back for another week of work. Sunday, August 8th, they're off, but then they're back for another week of work. They will play at the Atlanta Falcons on Friday, August 13th. If you're listening to this episode the day it comes out, that's two weeks away. Two weeks until Titans are playing football against Art Smith and Dean Pease. Former Ty- what, what are the Falcons doing? Are they just Tennessee 2019 Tennessee? Are they Are just going to be the 2019 <laughs> Titans? Is that what they're I, doing? I, I think they might.
0: I think they <laughs> might. But credit to them. I I, I love Arthur Smith. I love Dean Pease. Shout out to the Falcons. Wish them nothing but success.
1: So agreed. I think the Falcons might be my secret NFC team of the season because of that. But beyond that, it it's it's football season. Training camp's underway. Preseason's a couple weeks away. It is it is football season, my friend. And because of that football
0: season and it's and, and <laughs> not to cut, I don't know if I even cut you off there. I don't know what you, uh, to, to commemorate football season. Um, I've been releasing a ton of interviews with Titans players over on Broadway sports media.com. Uh, I don't know which ones, again, we're recording this a little early are, are up by now, but let's just say I'm dropping one pretty much every single day, uh, for the next two, two and a half weeks. That, that's how many, Uh, Titans players I've been sitting down with over the last really they all occurred in the span of 10 to 14 days so a lot of content coming your way make sure you head there I've got so much great stuff up there or coming in the next few days Amani Hooker uh, Aaron Brewer. Uh, all, all kinds of guys, Nick Westbrook, so many players I've been sitting down with. So uh, really give them a read talking about training camp, talking about team expectations, talking about this coaching staff and, and things of that nature. So make sure you head there and, and enjoy those, these one-on-one conversations with some of your favorite Titans.
1: Absolutely. Head over to BroadwaySportsMedia.com. Check those out. And in other news, Elijah Molden and Monty Rice might have signed their rookie contracts by now. Not really sure. We're recording this. Wednesday, July 21st. So that's quite a while ago. So maybe those guys signed their deals. Just, just look on Twitter. Somebody will have the news. I'm sure somebody will write it for broadwaysportsmedia.com when or if that happens or happened. We don't know. Sorry. But instead, we're going to talk about the running backs. The King himself. 2,000-yard season with 17 games. Is that on the table again? And who's going to be backing up the King anyway? Let's talk about it all right now. And then we'll get into some listener tweets from last week when we when we asked for those submissions. So let's get into it. The Titans have a lot of running backs on the roster right now. Not a lot, but but a, but a handful. Behind Derrick Henry, obviously Darrington Evans, last year's rookie third-round pick. Brian Hill comes over from the Falcons as part of the Julio Jones trade. Just kidding. He signed as a free agent. Brian Hill comes over. Jeremy McNichols returns. And then tell me about this guy, Makai Sargent.
0: Yeah, Mackay Sargent, University of Iowa guy. A UDFA look was someone that um, that they really liked at Iowa, Uh, a ton of uh, awards. I know he was uh, a senior uh, name to their leadership group in 2020, Uh, had uh, seven rushing touchdowns in 2020. Uh, As well, that tied him for third place in the Big Ten. So this is a guy that, again, I think if you remember the O-line episode you listened a few weeks ago, I talked about the University of Iowa. That's the second UDFA they grabbed from there, right? They grabbed Cole Banwart, an offensive lineman as well. I talked about Iowa, how heavily they lean on the run game, how heavily they lean on uh, their offensive line and being an O-line factory for their success in college, well, it, it kind of goes two ways, right? Not only do they lean on those O-line men, but they lean on the running backs in the running game. So this is a guy that, that showed some good things at, at Iowa, and there's a reason that he's going to get a fair shake at camp here.
1: And I failed to mention the two fullbacks on the on the roster right now, but Kari Blossomgame is returning from last year, and Tony Carter, or sorry, Tori Carter as well, LSU. who is a— Undrafted free agent running back, fullback. God, I'm all over the place. An undrafted free agent fullback from LSU, Tory Carter. I doubt he is able to displace Kari Blossom Game, who's actually listed on the roster as a fullback slash running back. So not just not strictly a fullback. Uh, local guy, Kari Blossom Game out of Vanderbilt, who the Titans picked up off of the Vikings practice squad a few years ago now, and he's stuck around. So. Let's just talk about how many running backs do you think make the final roster? And I'm including these two fullbacks in that group here, keeping in mind that, you know, the tight end position is going to be a little bit different this year. They don't really have that dedicated H back, Michael Pruitt anymore. What do you think this position looks like when we are through with training camp in September?
0: I think if you're counting the fullbacks, which you said you are, I think they keep four of them. would don't you agree? And I think three, ah, I think two of them are obviously guaranteed. I think a third is is very likely. And then that fourth spot's the one that uh, becomes a little bit interesting and fun to me.
1: Yeah, four seems right to me as well. That's the number I would have said. So I think that, yeah, it's probably, you know, just like you said, Henry, Evans, M- Brian Hill and Blossom game or McNichols? Brian Hill versus McNichols. That's going to be an interesting RB3 battle in, in training camp.
0: That's what I. That's what I was kind of alluding to there with my comment. I think. I think of course, obviously Henry and Evans are locks. I think Blossom Game is as close to a lock as it gets. I would feel more comfortable saying he's a lock if I didn't really legitimately like Tory Carter. I think that's interesting there. I think he's a guy that's very similar to Blossom Game and can do some really good things for them. But I do acknowledge it's going to be tough, probably, for him to unseat uh blossom game maybe he's a practice squad guy who knows maybe they, they find a way to keep tory carter around uh, i see a future for him in the nfl but once you pass that uh i, I get really excited about the battle between brian hill and jeremy mcnichols because hill was a, was an interesting signing i mean i don't and not a lot of people are talking about that i mean you know he played 16 games last year was active at least for 16 games had 465 rushing yards on 100 carries yeah, just one touchdown. It's, it's not a whole lot of work. But the thing that pops for me there is 4.7 yards per attempt. When you well, break he, that he down. He came
1: pull, in yeah. and, and uh, replaced Todd Gurley on some plays for Atlanta late, later in the year. And it was like, why have you been running Todd Gurley out all season with Brian Hill back? I mean, Brian Hill's 4. Not, 7 not like... 4.7 yards. He's not a superstar, attempt, but he's been... And
0: if you want to go all the way back, you can go a little bit back. I mean, the year before... He had 4.1 yards per carry. Not bad. You go to his rookie year, it was only 20 carries. So, I mean, it's, and it's obviously it's inflated by a couple of big runs, but it, 7.9 yards per carry as a rookie. It's obviously a guy that can break off a big one here and there. And look at the 2020 numbers. There's your sample size. You want to complain about inflation? 100 carries is a good amount to give you a, an idea of what the player is like. 4.7 yards per attempt. Really interesting player
1: yeah i mean brian hill's been a productive player in the nfl i mean never really had to carry any kind of real workload but he but he's been a a decent player he's not just a total nobody he's not like an undrafted free agent scrub rookie coming in trying to compete for a roster spot you know and I i definitely think he has a chance to unseat jeremy mcnichols who has been a fine player was on the field for some reason when aj brown scored that incredible touchdown against baltimore in the regular season i remember Jeremy Nichols is the first player there congratulating AJ Brown in the end zone for some, for some Another reason. when McNichols
0: lit up the preseason a couple. He years had an before.
1: incredible preseason the last and time they, there they was cut one. Him. Yeah,
0: they cut him. He didn't make the team despite that preseason, and people got you know tore up about it. But they keep they keep bringing him back, and there's a reason they're bringing him back. They so, obviously like him. Yeah. Yeah, they they like him, and he knows the offense. That's why. I think the battle between him and Brian Hill is going to be so much fun. Because, of course, McNichols has a bit of a leg up. He's been here for a few years. He knows the offense. He knows the staff. He knows the team. They keep bringing him back. It's obvious they like him. I think Brian Hill's more established, though, right? He's done a, a little bit more things uh, around the league, certainly putting up more numbers uh, with his opportunity. So, and that to me makes it an even battle, right? McNichols has the leg up in terms of uh, familiarity with the team, teammates, scheme, yada, yada. But Hill's done some great things, uh, some good things in Atlanta. So I'm really excited to see those guys go head-to-head. And I imagine they both get a ton of work in the preseason.
1: Yeah, I mean, just to put the, the experience into comparison here, Brian Hill has 209 career carries. Jeremy McNichols has 208 career yards. Well, there you go.
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought you were so. say Terry's there for a second. I'm like, no way. Yeah, I expected. I thought that was the case. So exactly what I said. Pat myself on the back. Whereas I think McNichols has a leg up on uh, familiarity with the team and scheme, but whereas Brian Hill has played more NFL football and has been more productive. All right. Enough it's about the RB threes.
1: It, it will be. Up there. It will be a good battle. But but enough about the RB threes. You know, if everything goes according to plan this year, we're not going to be talking about them very much. This is we're an an be talking RB3 about. Show. We're going to be talking about the king. They crowned the king last year with 2,000-yard season. It's the second straight year leading the league in rushing. So I think the thing that everyone wants to know is, will he 3 Will he lead the league in rushing again? For the third consecutive year.
0: It's such, a, it's such a volatile thing to predict. I'll say that I think he has an excellent chance at doing so, though. An
1: excellent I do, chance. too, because his top competitors – in my opinion, looking at the the shape of the league right now, are in to me Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook. I mean, Dalvin Cook was, was behind him last year, Nick Chubb was the guy that he barely beat out in week 17 the year before. So, those two guys have been closest to him the last couple of years. I don't really expect anyone to emerge onto the scene that we're not expecting this year you don't unless, think he like, can challenge for it. Zeke could challenge for it, but I think with, uh, with Kellen Moore calling plays, they've, they've opened up into a much more pass-happy offense, and their defense is going to probably be so bad again that I doubt the Cowboys are running it down people's throats. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, when you look at Dalvin Cook and, and Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook has gotten hurt what feels like every year of his career. So Derrick Henry, you know, never really suffered a major injury outside of, like, sore back itis from carrying the team uh <laughs> just kidding that doesn't even affect him no Derek Henry's a superhuman Nick Chubb's got a split time with Kareem Hunt even though Chubb's the main ball carrier like he's also had injury like didn't he tear his ACL no he did worse he snapped his leg in half Th- that was in college but it's like you know he's had a bit of a serious injury history a little one plus he has to share time with Kareem Hunt so when you just look at the scope of the league, I mean. There's guys you would rather have in fantasy because they catch the ball, but not because they're going to rush for more yards. And I also think he's a great bet to lead the league in rushing touchdowns again because when the Titans get inside the 10-yard line, they just pound it with Henry, and they've been very efficient at doing so. Why why change things?
0: Yeah, I think he has an excellent chance to lead the league in rushing. I'll, again, I stopped short of making that you know, guaranteeing it, yada, yada. because No guarantees. No guarantees. No, no guarantees. And I think it's a volatile thing to predict, like I said, but I he would have to be the odds on favorite, in my opinion. And for everyone who thinks that he's about to fall off a cliff this year because they're nerds and they've pulled out their calculators and feel like Dave Gettleman, but I'm just gonna go with it. And they've punched in the numbers and they've, you know, they, they don't they don't they don't scout human faces or players, they just scout numbers and they say, well, this is when running backs fall off. Derrick Henry's different. And if you haven't learned that yet, look, Father Time catches up to everyone. We all know that. Father Time will get Derrick Henry at some point. But I don't think it's going to be this year. Hell no.
1: Agreed. Agreed. The only, I think the biggest challenge, aside from like the challenge it faces every NFL player, which is health, which we already discussed, Henry's a superhuman. The biggest challenge is going to be Julio Jones is on the Titans now. What is the offensive philosophy? Is it a continuation of the last couple years, ground and pound, build – big explosives off of play action or is it going to be feed your two superstar wide receivers spread out the defense and then let henry like are they going to pass to run or run to pass
0: and you kind of that's why i thought of that when you brought up zeke you talked about them opening up the playbook and dallas and passing it a lot more something similar ish could happen to tennessee Right. We don't know. I mean, they added Julio Jones for crying out loud and have A.J. Brown. So we all and we've talked about this. We all expect Tennessee to probably pass the ball more uh, this coming season. You you imagine the attempts will probably go up uh, for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, So it's yet to be seen how that impacts. Uh, Derrick Henry and, and the amount of, of times he carries the ball. But heck, Mike Vrabel played golf the other day, right? They had that celebrity golf thing a couple weeks ago. He He's still wearing that hat that says run the damn ball. So so I think, I think we know how Mike Vrabel feels about his running back. And again, of course, well, and we touched on this a couple of weeks ago, but the O-line, we think it's going to be a great O-line. And that plays a huge role, in my opinion, in, in, in safely uh, predicting that Derrick Henry has another big season this year.
1: That is that is my was going to be my next topic of conversation is with Taylor Lawan.
0: Deal with it.
1: You made it a hell of a transition for me because I can say, speaking of the O line, Taylor Lawan back with what we expect to be one of the better lines in the league. Nate Davis continuing to take a step forward. Roger Saffold and Ben Jones can hopefully stay a little healthier than they were last year. It's it's looking like primed for derrick henry with an extra game on the schedule to potentially repeat be the first running back in nfl history to rush for two thousand yards a second time let alone in back-to-back years is that a legitimate possibility what what would you percent of what would you put the percent at that henry can do two thousand again? regarding 2k 2k baby i i'm gonna
0: go low i'll be i mean i'm gonna go 25% and I know that might seem low to the average listener but I mean we, we've never seen anyone do it before right has anyone ever rushed for 2,000 yards twice no. not alone in no obviously it's, I know it hasn't happened and, and in back-to-back years I mean no what would I, would I stop short What like would it be the greatest accomplishment in, in in history of football by a running back
1: if he could do that again I think so well, it's up there I mean it's high the up to- there He'd be the first to do it, to do it in a year where, you know, he had 400 touches or whatever, how many touches he had, and everyone says you fall off after 375 carries or whatever. The nerds with
0: their calculators. The nerds with their calculators,
1: exactly. And you look at the fact that the Titans did add Julio Jones. I don't know. I think that it would be a heck of an accomplishment. I, however, tend to agree with your 25%. Here's what I think. I think if the Titans' goal in 2021 was to get Henry to 2000 yards and not to win the division and win a super bowl, then he would easily get 2000 yards. (laughs) I agree, but that's not the goal. The goal is to win as many games as you can set yourself up for a good playoff run and then make a good playoff run and then win the super bowl. Those are the goals. However, they do. That is what it takes. It doesn't matter how many yards Henry rushes for. So because of that, I think they may look at what they did last year and say, you know, I think we may have ridden Henry down the stretch a little too hard. You know, he doesn't need to be having 30 carry weeks in weeks 15, 16, 17, when no. you're expecting to make a playoff run or at week 18 this year, and, I guess. And when you say that, I think of the
0: Baltimore game that they lost in the playoffs. When credit the Baltimore defense, they, they shut down Derrick Henry in that game and how the Titans didn't really have an answer offensively in that game, right? They didn't really, I mean, A.J. Brown had a lot of success early for whatever reason, it, they, they went away from him and they kind of stayed stubborn for maybe a, a tad too long and they kept riding Henry even though Baltimore was shutting it down. I expect to see a, a, a more diversified offense, right? I don't think they'll be quite as stubborn uh, with that when you have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown lined up on the outside. So uh, those are, I agree, those are kind of the reasons why I think getting to two K should it should be difficult.
1: Yeah, it should be right. I mean you should be giving the ball to Julio Jones and AJ Brown a lot as well. And and if I told you in a hypothetical reality that last year you don't let Henry play week seventeen against Houston, you still win the game. And you go out against Baltimore, and let's say Henry is way more effective. I'm not saying that this is why the Titans lost, is because they played Henry Week 17. But in a hypothetical world, wouldn't every single Titans fan trade a 2,000-yard season for a Super Bowl?
0: Of course, absolutely. And I agree with your point. I I know what you're saying already, and I like it because uh, I don't think that's why he wasn't more effective against Baltimore, yada, yada. But I do think it's always better. If you can rest Derrick Henry in week 17 and get ready for the playoffs, then I think that's a terrific idea.
1: Right. I agree. So, so with that said, you said they'll have a more diversified attack on offense. That that probably means more Julio, more AJ, more passing. I think they'll also have a more diversified attack on the ground in general, like Derrick Henry doesn't need to average 25 carries a game. You know, if he averages 18 carries a game and Darrington Evans averages six to 10 or, or more even like good, you know, good. (laughs) I I don't know how else to say it. I don't want to take the ball out of Henry's hands obviously and I know he's a guy who like gets better the more he touches it and stuff and he's a super freak and You know, he doesn't wear down and all that stuff But like he is still at the end of the day while he's a superhuman He's still a human and I think that it doesn't hurt if you're winning, you know, like don't do it at the expense of winning games But if you're winning the game and you can give him a breather, it's like the the personal accolades are are awesome but winning as a team is always going to be preferred, and I, I yes. this is my question: like, how much would you trade for a 2,000 yard season? Would you trade an AFC Championship, even if you don't win in the Super Bowl? Would you no. trade going to another AFC Championship? So like, no. <laughs> I think that the 2,000 yeah, I think the 2,000 yard season is better. Like, if the, Derrick Henry hadn't run for 2,000 yards last year, but the Titans lost in the AFC Championship to the Chiefs. Are you more happy, or, you, or do you hold on to that one out of eight seasons in NFL history, a running back ran for 2,000 yards?
0: Look, it was, it was a terrific personal achievement for him, and I enjoyed watching the hell out of it, and, and, and you did, and, and we all did. But uh, I'm going to say uh, that Derek would tell you the exact same thing, that he would have rather gone to the AFC Championship game, and he would have rather gone to the Super Bowl, and he would have rather won the Super Bowl, or get a chance to play for it at least. So I think there's no doubt that the, the team goals come first.
1: Yeah. All right. So with that, you brought me
0: to my next point though. Sorry.
1: Go. yeah. Go ahead.
0: You talked about him spending a little less time on the field. We talked about the RB three battle a little bit. Didn't talk enough about Darrington Evans yet. Not member. Darrington Evans was a third round pick. They drafted him with a fairly premium pick, even though they already had Derek Henry Evans didn't play last year much because he was injured almost all year. We've talked on this pod about the Detroit game, right? It was the one game that he really got to play and was really exciting. He's been working out, it seems like, with Ryan Tannehill and the pass catchers, catching balls, uh, doing local workouts in Nashville with with all. A.J. Brown's there, Julio Jones is there, Evans is there with Tannehill. I do expect and hope to see more Darrington Evans in 2021.
1: Yeah, so, so how many receiving yards do you think Derek Henry, as we transition into Evans here, do you think Henry tops 300 receiving yards?
0: Do I think Derrick Henry tops 300 receiving yards?
1: Yeah, I say no.
0: I say no as well. I'm, I'm it's, not his no. Role. Why, it's not his role.
1: It's Not his role. And on
0: top, like I said, and with you getting an ex, a healthy Darrington Evans back, that is his role. If Jeremy McNichols makes the roster, he can catch passes a little bit as well, right? He's done that. Uh, he's done that a little bit for them in preseason and whatnot. So, no, he doesn't top 300 receiving yards. But Darrington Evans
1: maybe could. Maybe I think he should, and I think it's should be the expectation. I think he should be around four to 500 receiving yards. Five sounds Tony? like a lot. I don't know what it's I'm working lot. with
0: off here, but it sounds like a lot.
1: Yeah, I know. I don't, I'm not looking at numbers to compare them to or anything, but you know, I, if you expect the Titans to pass a little bit more, you expect coverages to shift backwards towards Julio and AJ Brown that underneath stuff and that stuff over the middle, a little dump off stuff. And the Titans, you know, cut Adam Humphreys this off season. They don't really have a, obviously they have three receivers that, that are all talented enough to play and be starters, but they don't have a guy who's like an established, dedicated slot receiver. Darrington Evans is not either, but he could, you know, play I'm in excited, that role man. a little bit. I'm excited for him. I'm excited
0: to watch him. You'll recall uh, listeners. If you're a loyal listener of, of this show and, and, uh, Titans film room. And I, on a previous show, we used to do, you'll remember me gushing about Darrington Evans before that draft year and and Graver. I'm sorry. I know I I bring this up far too often, but you'll remember that I predicted the pick right in a chat with you in the third, right before they came up through the podium, uh, a couple minutes, I said, this is going to be Darrington Evans. And a lot of people thought it was early for them to take a running back. uh, But uh, I I just, I had a feeling it was going to be him. I had talked about it leading up to the draft and I called that pick before they made it. And I still love it, despite the rookie year, you know, was, went off the rails a little bit with injuries and, and whatnot. But I am super, super excited to see what wrinkle he can add to this offense because the coaches will tell you the best thing you can do is diversify your room, diversify your room, diversify your offense. He adds a wrinkle to this offense, or he can add a wrinkle to this offense that they don't have right now. And I'm super excited to watch it hopefully come into play this year.
1: Titans last year, second most yardage output, fourth most points in the league, didn't have Julio Jones, didn't have Darrington Evans. They did have Corey Davis, Jonu Smith. Of course. I think that what we're going to see in terms of a transition on on personnel usage is more running backs on the field and less tight ends. Because, you know, you want to have your best 11 or your best 11, 12, 13 rotating on the field, Right. And if Darrington Evans is, is in that top 13 and, you know, Briley Moore or whichever UDFA tight end makes the roster, isn't like, you're not going to run 12 personnel sets over 21. You know, you're not going to run one running back, two tight ends over two running backs, one tight end, especially when you have Kari Blossom game, who's a running back slash fullback who can play that blocking H back role. The I formation role that often was a tight end for the Titans probably ends up being a running back now. And Why not put Henry and Evans on the field together? We saw the Titans do this a little bit in 2018 with Dion Lewis and Derrick Henry. I remember a play where they faked a handoff to Henry and passed it to Lewis out of the backfield or, or, and the same thing, but vice versa. And, you know, you can do a lot with those kinds of looks. So I think we'll see a lot more two running back sets than we've seen over the past few years in Tennessee. And I think that's going to be like the main way they deal with the, lack of, of versatility and lack of depth at tight end.
0: I love it. I'm excited to watch those guys. I'm excited to see what they can do. Uh, And and I'm excited to see how Todd Downing uh, his vision for this group and his vision for the offense uh, and how he utilizes these guys. If he, like what you said, does he use them together? Does he put Derrick Henry and Darrington Evans on the field at the same time? Very curious to see what his vision is uh, for these running backs.
1: Absolutely. All right, let's move on and get into some of our listener comments here. I'm going to start with this one from (laughs) Twitter screen display username. We got a defense now at Titans underscore football. And those are zeros instead of O's Henry leads the league again with about 1700 yards will repeat triple triple crown for third straight year. If Evans learns how to block, he'll be the third down back every game. I take a little bit of issue with this because I think Darrington Evans is, you know, for someone who didn't really play as a rookie, his college tape shows a guy who can pass block. Yeah, I
0: didn't think blocking was a huge issue for him in college. Uh, but when I think of the other predictions, I do like having Derrick Henry at about 1,700 yards.
1: That seems reasonable to me. It could be even, I mean, in 2019, it was what, fifteen and a half hundred, fifteen fifty six 15.56, or something like that. Last year, is was 20, 40 not5 or something like that something around those numbers so that would be about splitting the difference <laughs> so yeah I like 1700 yards uh 22 NBA champs at Jeff Barbari Jeff D Barbarian says my irrational belief is that Henry breaks 2K again and I thought this before Julio did that uh, did Julio not change that for you Mr 22 NBA champs who knows I don't know. John Losa at J Losa nine as has a, a question for us here. Do you think we keep four backs? Evans, Derrick Henry, Kari Blossom game, and then a battle between McNichols and Hill. Who would you give the edge to? They really seem to like J Mac on third down for his blocking ability. So this is a uh, back to the beginning of our conversation today. Yes, I do think they keep four backs. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly what we said. He 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 hits it right on the money. I think there's a battle there between Hill and McNichols.
1: Who would you give the edge to if you had to pick right now on July 21st? Remember? <laughs> Brian Hill. Yeah, I, I think Brian Hill because of what we talked about already, the experience thing. But um, all right. Hashtag pick your poison season. That's this guy's display name as a hashtag. Pick your poison season at pigskinaddict18 says, I really think it's a toss up. Do teams still view Henry as the main weapon now that number two and number 11 are there together, meaning Julio and AJ Brown? If the answer is yes, then no 2,000 yards for Derrick Henry. If the answer is no, hell yeah, that means light boxes. So this is gonna be the big thing that Titans fans are wondering how defenses attack here, is like, pick your poison is 100% right. That's what Julio said during his introductory press conference, is do you stop the run or do you stop the pass? And whichever one you choose, you're gonna see pretty significant statistical production for the other one, right? I love it. And and I've talked
0: about that all summer long, right? Defenses have to pick their poison, stop the run, stop the pass. Double team Julio, double team AJ means you play a light box against Derek. Stack the box against Derek means you're playing light coverage on the outside against AJ and Julio. So I can't wait to see how defenses approach it and more so I can't wait to see how the Titans offense takes advantage of those decisions that the
1: defenses have to make. All right, last comment I'll hit you with comes from Rune Cronenberg, at Rune Cronenberg, who says, let's make this a double expectation. Henry and Evans will get at least 2,500 running together and AJ and Julio will get at least 2,500 receiving. Teams can't find a way to stop both running and passing and will have to choose their poison and often end up getting both. So this person, Rune says, doesn't matter which one you choose, both are running down your throats. 2,500 rushing yards as between Evans and Henry, 2,500 receiving yards between Julio and AJ. We're not to the wide receiver expectations yet. We're still a few weeks away from that one, but thoughts on this bold prediction?
0: Yeah, I think 2,500 rushing is way too bold. If he said 2,500 total, maybe between Henry and Evans, because I can see a couple hundred receiving yards for Evans. But if you factor Derek Henry's getting 1,700 yards, 1,800 yards, I mean, you're factoring Evans getting 800 Seven hundred, just receiving, right? So that that's that's too bold for my liking. Again, I can see it possible if he said total. So I do think Evans could maybe come up with maybe five or six hundred total yards, two three hundred rushing, two three hundred receiving kind of deal, but not twenty five hundred rushing together.
1: Agreed. But I love the optimism. I do think the Titans are going to have another one of the league's top offenses which is just way more exciting than the opposite. So hopefully the defense can pull its weight this year. But that's it for running back expectations for 2021. Final prediction, Derrick Henry, 1,700 yards, 16 rushing touchdowns. Evans, 300 rushing yards, 250, 350. Rece- I think Evans will have more receiving yards than rushing. That's my final bold prediction. Possible. It's
0: possible. And, so I think he's going to uh, get a chance to it. make some
1: big plays in the passing game. So uh, uh,
0: it's it's possible. I like it.
1: All right. That's it. We did it. We did the running back expectations. We'll be back next week to talk about the inside linebackers, which is fun because on my Twitter feed today, there's a lot of Rashawn Evans love from Titans fans out there, which is mind-boggling to me. But, yes, um, yeah, we'll talk about... Where the Titans could have gone in the 2018 draft? How's that sound, Justin Mello? Next week's show. That sounds great. I know you and I are probably gonna have a fun one about
0: that because we we got into it off air today about you know friendly, uh, about friendly, the 2018
1: draft and the Rashawn Evans in a friendly Evans. way. In a friendly way, come on.
0: In a friend in a friendly way, of course it was in a friend. It's always in a friendly way, but we had some fun with the Rashawn Evans 2018 draft stuff. So excited to talk about that for sure.
1: Yeah, that's next week. So come back then. In the meantime. Titans training camp well underway, so look out for all the tweets about all the quotes and all the practices, and hopefully everyone's able to stay healthy and all that fun stuff, because like I said before, it is football season. All right, make sure you're checking out broadwaysportsmedia.com. Justin said it at the top. He's got tons of interviews with Titans players running every almost every single day here for the next few weeks. So check those out. Be sure you're following us on Twitter, at Justin M underscore NFL. I am at Titans Film Room. And hey, if you're on Instagram, why don't you check out Broadway on Instagram? It's at Broadway Sports Media on Instagram. It's different from the Twitter handle. Twitter handle is at Broadway TN. At Broadway Sports Media on Instagram. Wes is doing great work, posting stuff over there. So make sure you're following us on Instagram, I'm trying to build that a little bit more than it is right now. And other than that, I ain't got nothing else to say. I'm out of town right now. So hopefully nothing crazy happened this week. Hopefully this podcast is appropriately timed to life. I don't know. What do you. <laughs>
0: I think we're, we're going to be okay. Though. Probably miss one or two things uh, about training camp, as we said. Uh, but hopefully our listeners will respect the fact that we're so dedicated to getting you a show every single Friday. I don't think we've ever missed a Friday. Right? There was once where I think I, I did a draft episode by myself after at the conclusion of the first or second round. but Or I did that with Zach, uh, F-Words Pod. But I mean, you weren't here for that. But we're so dedicated to getting you an episode every Friday that as you're listening to this, graver is uh sipping whatever he's doing tequila shots he's 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 drinking a cooler whatever he's doing he's in the caribbean somewhere i am not i was wishing i was there with him and his family in the caribbean but he's in the caribbean as you listen to this we recorded this a little early because we were so dedicated to making sure that we follow our friday schedule for you all.
1: that's absolutely right so next week we'll react to anything we missed training camp wise or other and until then You guys stay safe out there. Still encouraging everyone to not be Cole Beasley and get your vaccine and tighten up. (laughs) A
0: Broadway Sports Media Production.